What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. guys five movies one of your co-hosts chris gasberry this is frank pelican and this is the quick cage frank what nicholas cage movie are we going to talk about tonight tonight we're going to talk about 1996's action masterpiece the rock oh, geez. Okay. um starring uh mr cage john uh, connery and ed harris mm-hmm. um also full of a cast of pretty notable and um accomplished uh character actors mm-hmm. um john spencer david morse william forsyth michael bean vanessa marcel john c mcginley tony todd bokeen woodbine um claire forlani just huge amount of talent in this movie i see xander berkeley and philip baker hall over there too. yeah exactly yeah small roles but still like pretty much every role in this movie is filled with someone who's had a full you know career in film um, in my opinion, kind of the movie that's responsible for Nicolas Cage, um, being pegged as a action movie star for the better part of two and a half decades. Um, also in, in my opinion, the movie that sort of reinvigorated, um, the appeal of the action blockbuster, um, where they had kind of been winding down a little bit into the early nineties. Um, not quite as popular, you know, The Rock being a huge box office success. Um, certainly jump-started a bunch uh, after this. Definitely pushed Michael Bay into the realm of, like, one of the most um, sought-after and highly paid directors, for better or worse, um, afterwards. Um, and one of Bruckheimer's, you know, best movies in terms of, like, being a producer. Um, I mean, I'm sure that most people listening to the podcast have seen The Rock. Um just to kind of paraphrase, I guess, or give a short synopsis of the the story. Um, Ed Harris is a highly decorated um, army general or marine general. He's general of some kind. um, Who's recruited a band of like-minded marines to steal a highly dangerous chemical um, weapon that they're going to aim at San Francisco and threaten to launch into the heart of the city if they're not given $100 million um, to pay for uh, families that have received no support from soldiers that were killed in combat, Um, which really, like, if you look at the whole John Stewart uh, 9-11 commission thing, it's kind of still Mm -hmm. an actual issue. Um, So interesting that I didn't even really pay attention to that subplot in 96 when I saw this. And I saw this movie like twice in the theater. I forgot about that <laughs> subplot. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting and uh, pretty well done. I mean, obviously there's a couple of um, uh, Tony Todd and I can't remember who plays the other bad guy or these um, Marines that turn mercenary and go against Harris when Harris is unwilling to launch the rockets into San Francisco. Um, Cage plays the most ridiculously named Stanley Goodspeed, um, who's an expert 
for the FBI in chemical warfare and is basically just a, <clears throat> like a science nerd that's really good at disarming chemical weapons. Um, engaged to the ridiculously attractive Vanessa Marcel, um, who's pregnant with his baby. Um, so there's a subplot that he's trying to save her because she goes to San Francisco to be with him on this top secret mission, um, implausibly. Uh, so she's at risk of getting killed. And then um, Sean Connery in a really great role as uh, John Mason who's a former SAS um, spy. Basically, he's James Bond, um, without being named James Bond, who was captured trying to steal secrets from the Americans that they had gathered against the British in the 1960s, I think, or 70s, is 60s. He's been in jail for like 30 years at this point, so has to be in like the late 60s, and has been held without a trial ever since, and he's this master escape artist who's the only man, you know, in this whatever the kayfabe of this movie to ever escape successfully from Alcatraz. Um, and basically just a really well done uh, action movie. Really nice elements of like comedy mixed with the action. Probably about 15 minutes too long, I would say. Um, I mean, it's every bit of like 130 minutes <clears throat> that you watch of this movie. Um, but, you know, it's got some really good performances, some good set pieces. Um, the conclusion kind of drags itself out a little bit and you can see the, what would become Bay's unfortunate signature, which is the really long drawn out slow motion shots of things, but he doesn't do it as much here. Like here he's mostly moving the, like keeping the movie move, keeping the movie moving. It's hard to say at a brisk pace, um, throughout. He does, he does slow-mo with the green balls, right? Yeah, but that's just one time and it actually matters when he does that i I, i'm not it wasn't a criticism it was just that's the only slow-mo that i can actually remember from that movie there's a couple other times where it's like highlighting something terrible happening but he also speeds up action sometimes um and he doesn't really like like it just happens like it's not there's a scene where the group of um like army experts military experts that are sent to infiltrate uh, Alcatraz infiltrate the rock um, <clears throat> and they take Mason and a good speed with them are sort of like going to a trap laid by the like the ex-marines that are you know like taking over the island um, and they do slow motion when they're killing each other like shooting each other and that's pretty lame um, but that scene only lasts for like two minutes maybe um, everything else is fine like again it's 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 pretty competently directed um, it's a shame that he's sort of evolved into, like, what he's become, I guess, in the past 20 years, which is one of my least favorite directors to watch a movie of. He's a lot of people's least favorite, I think, probably. He's just too full of himself, and he's too focused on, I don't know, like, sweeping, epic, long shots. And he, he does that here. Um but here it's like because it was so new, because you really you hadn't really you hadn't seen him before, like it it's done to some good effect. Sure. Um there's a pretty great scene where uh there's a squadron of um F fifteens that are coming to bomb the island. Yeah. That's like the last resort is to blow the whole island up to destroy um this fictional like super super chemical. Right. Cage is um, waving flags at the end, right? Or something like that. Is that right? 
Is somebody no. waiting? Well, no, is no, somebody no. calling somebody off at the end of that movie? Oh, they do that. Yeah, He's that's not right. Even a plot. You're right, you're right. I know what you're thinking of. So there were flares that each of them were given that would, like, shoot out a green smoke. And that was yeah. the way to let um, the spotters in San Francisco know that the mission had been successful. Right. In case okay. the radio communication was cut yeah. off. So as the F-15s are swooping in onto the island, um, Cage runs out with two flares up in the air, gotcha. like doing his, his, uh, cage right. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, you have to understand, except for maybe one or two minutes here and there, like throughout, I haven't seen this movie in 24 years since I saw it in the theater. So I remember yeah, enjoying I, it though. Like I said, I saw it twice in the theater because I saw it with, um, our group of friends, you know, Chuck mm-hmm. and Blake and Zeke, like we went to see it. And then, um, I had to see it with somebody else, maybe Frankie's mom. And I went to see it um, after that, because that would have been when we were dating, would have been around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw it a couple times in the theater, and then working in the theater, like, there were times where I would just walk in and watch, like, a few minutes of it here or there. And I think I've seen it maybe twice since then, just randomly. Um, maybe once on, like, HBO or something, and once on DVD. Um, it still holds up. It still is a really fun movie. Um, it's a movie where Cage has a couple elements where he like is over like kind of overacting um honestly because i think he doesn't know how to act as like a big action star but for the most part like there's not a lot of like the histrionics that you're kind of used to and connery and um harris lend a sort of like gravitas to their performances like you know because they're like truly talented actors in these roles so they're able to you know just kind of like keep everything focused in their scenes and oh it's just good it's got some really funny moments to it it's got some really good action set pieces a lot of stuff that's completely unbelievable like from a realistic standpoint but still entertaining so yeah, yeah. i mean i really I mean, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you can't do nerve agents like through like glass balls like pretty sure i remember reading about that at one point but um but it makes for I, good, good drama some kind of it's some kind of gel that, yeah. like, large, like, the heat will yeah. cause, cause it to become aerosol. Like, that's the, yeah, right. yeah. the pseudoscience behind it. And right. so, it exploding in a warhead in the atmosphere will cause it to basically, like, aerate, like, into the atmosphere and will kill, I don't know. They, they say 80,000 people, which seems, and I hate to say it like this, but it seems like a really small number. Especially because San Francisco has to have like a couple million people living in it. Right. So it doesn't seem like very high stakes, but I don't know. I guess maybe it's high enough. Right. Um, so um, I think I've always been interested about this movie is Connery more than anything, honestly. And I mean, in some ways, they're like definitely playing off the Bond thing, right? 100%. And yeah. they even make tongue and cheek references to the fact that he basically is James Bond. Mm, okay, so there, because I, I can't remember because it's been so long, but they actually do make a couple references, like almost they, insinuating that he's. Yeah, they they say as much as they can say without like copyright infringement, basically. Sure. Um, I mean, they said it around the time that he stopped being Bond in, um, the movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the late 60s when he passed off to, to Lazenby for that one movie before um, 
Roger Moore, right? Is that the next one? Right. After Lazenby. Anyway. Um, so it's like right. roughly around the time that he would have stopped being Bond in the movies. And he makes a bunch of references to being like, you know, the top spy in the British mm-hmm. Empire. And right. I think he even says something about Her Majesty's service or so at Her Majesty's service or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, it's never come out and said and he obviously has a completely different name, but it still is um, like implied in some ways. And because of Sean Connery, like I think you're supposed to like inherently get that like make that connection um yeah and he does a really good job i mean he's very much like the wry um tongue-in-cheek you know ultra suave super agent that's able to basically like overcome any obstacle and you know like one part macgyver one part rambo kind of thing but still like an air of like dignity and um class to him yeah yeah, no, I always, yeah, I always found that interesting there. I, I'm trying to think. There's a damn line that Aiden quotes all the time about this movie. Um, and he would probably tell me I, he doesn't quote it all the time. It was one time and I was drunk, and I always think it's all the time. But um, but there, it's when he's it's something, some line when he's getting his hair cut, Connery. I can't remember what the damn line is. I've been sitting here like looking for it to see like what it was, and like, I can't remember. Oh. Again, because I was drinking. Um, yeah, there's a... I don't know if he's there's a mildly offensive gay stereotype character that um is cutting Connery's hair. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's a grunge thing he says because mm-hmm. he's imitating a line that um uh, Nick Cage says to him earlier. Um, they send Cage in to like they're trying to offer John Mason this deal where if he um collaborates with the US military to stop this uh this threat that they'll like basically give him a pardon even though they couldn't pardon him because he's not hasn't technically been in jail because he was never tried for espionage or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and Connery says asks something and Cage is like, oh, it's a grunge thing, which I guess in nineteen ninety six was like a clever lie. Um comes off as kind of weird in two thousand and twenty. Right. Um, and then Connery, when the, the hairdresser is like, oh, why'd you ever let your hair get so long? And he's like, oh, it's a grunge thing. Mm. But I don't remember anything else he says like during that haircut yeah. sequence. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't find it. Something really suave, though, I think, kind of. Um, he talks about how he um, met. So he has a daughter. That's one of the subplots. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire Claire Forlani plays his uh, his estranged daughter that he's never met because obviously he's been in jail for her entire life. Um, right. But when he escaped from Alcatraz, he met her mother at a Led Zeppelin concert mm. and basically impregnated her on the first night that he met her, and then got arrested again. Um, that's how they caught him was like tracking him to this woman's apartment where he was, you know, basically like effing her right. um, and impregnated her, and then he went to jail and her his daughter was born. I don't know. I mean, that's it's supposed to lend like an air of it, it basically is like the MacGuffin that keeps Connery's character from just escaping again when he has the chance like multiple times is the idea that he's basically got to help Cage like disarm these bombs so his daughter who you know Dusex Machina lives in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, 
he so he can keep her safe and keep her alive and, and there, there there's a lot of that i mean there's a lot of things that are just subplots that are there to explain like one scene later in the movie um but at least they care enough to do that i guess like it's not just like things happening to happen or you know like bay would get much worse at that i think later like especially in um the transformer movies when he uh I don't know, just does these, like, 30-second things, and you're supposed to, like, like, care about the character or think the character matters. Right. And we talked about that in Revenge of the Fallen. Sure. Um, or whatever fucking Transformer movie we had the misfortune of having to watch. That was the one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You, that you made us watch, but, yeah, sure. Well, let's not... You know, <laughs> let's not cast aspersions here. It was the... It, it, it fit the theme of the list, right? It did. It was terrible. It was awful watch, Yeah. So, yeah, so still a really good movie. Um, you know, it's nothing groundbreaking or nothing that hasn't been done in some way or another better by other movies. But, you know, for being, like, what it is, it's a it's a really solid example of the genre. And, um, definitely a high watermark for, like, cage action movies, I think. Followed by the low watermark of Con Air, I think. So. <laughs> so that's the pairing, which we've already discussed back before coming. Yeah. So Cage's been trying to do any kind of accent here. He's just like. Yeah, I looked it up in Cage's filmography, and I did a little looking while you were talking to 94, 95, and I think you're right. I think that is like. You, you could argue that's one of the movies that kind of reinvigorates um, action blockbusters. Yeah. Um, because if you look at 95, um, they're all kind of like middling offerings, at least like from a box office standpoint, um, or they're already continuing franchises from previously, um, where they're trying to milk sequels in order to get people into the theater and, you know, get people excited. So it's like right. Under Siege. Uh, results. Yeah. So like Under Siege 2 um, is 95, like Die Hard with a Vengeance was 95. Um, Crimson Tie was that year, but again, it didn't do great at the box office, even though I think that movie's fantastic. But um, that's pro- that might be another one, I think, with you is like another movie that Chris loves, but Frank is indifferent to. Um, that's a good way to put it, because I am incredibly indifferent to yeah. Crimson Tie. But, um, right, like you were trying you were trying the other night to get me to like pick my favorite submarine movie, and I was like, I don't know, there's two. And it's just it's just by default. I was actually, even though, yes, I mean, Maybe subconsciously, who knows what I was trying to do with Crimson Tide, but um, I was actually thinking about Das. I was just wondering about like Das Boot, like because I had seen it on a Reddit thread talked about, and yeah, I mean Das Boot's a good movie. Yeah, that's but, uh, my dismissive way of saying I don't want to want to talk about that movie on a podcast. But yeah, looking looking off though, it's um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think, and, and just going off my memory, I think you can make a really good argument. This is this is really pivotal for that. Well, it's it's this and it's Independence Day, um, right? Are the two movies that basically like re kickstarted. This is like the realistic like action combat genre, right. and Independence Day is the um. Because Patriot Games is what ninety four too, right? And that's another one. That, nah, like, Patriot. Uh, um, that's Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger, which is, I think right. is actually yeah, that's that's I think ninety four, early ninety four maybe. Um, and then Patriot Games, I think is ninety one, ninety or ninety one. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Hunt for Red October is eight is ninety, I think. So it's probably ninety one as Patriot Games. Maybe even ninety two. So yeah, so I mean I guess there's another submarine movie, so there's three. Another movie that I'm indifferent to. Um but yeah, like I would the rock is uh free on Prime right now. Um mm-hmm. if you've got two hours of your life that you don't mind giving up, especially if you've never seen it, I think it's definitely worth watching. But um, you know, it's kind of it was a nice nostalgic return to simpler times for a right. couple hours and, like sure. I genuinely was entertained the whole time. Right. Now do you what think blue in that movie? Really? Echo one of your complaints from the late nineties is it's a very blue film. Yeah, early two thousands. But yeah, like the blue the blue really comes in um what, during the ring? Yeah. Around that time. And yes. then and then green becomes the new blue. Well and that's that's around the time movies. is well then but then it changed the green because then Saul makes everything green. Gothica too has a lot of green in it, yeah. although it has blue as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot from the J horror, like Juwan and stuff is very blue. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the green. I don't know where the green came from. But the ring has a lot of blue. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But that's interesting. That it has blue in it. Um, well, all like almost every one of the because the whole premise of the first like I don't know third plus of the movie. Well, not even that because it takes them a long time to get to Alcatraz. Like, the first part of the time when they're actually on the island, they're all underground. It's very, um, actually very Indiana Jones-esque in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything's blue underground. Like, everything's lit by blue light. and Like, all the walls are, like, a blue hue because they're underground, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that one of the movies we're going to talk about on Sunday, um, one of the best movies that haven't aged well, there's a movie that has a a lot of blue in it, kind of. Um, like, kind of like dull blues and stuff like that. I think it's supposed to be setting a mood, kind of, a little bit. But, um, but yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the um, the Rock um, the Rock was a good movie. I mean, I would still tell people to watch it after 26 yeah. or 24 years or whatever. Um, but, yeah, maybe I'll watch it one night. I currently have Gemini Man in my prime watch list to punish myself. So, um, so maybe I'll watch The Rock instead because I'm sure it's better. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I have any intention of ever watching Gemini Man. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of just want to see how if it's as bad as I think it's going to be. I think that if you think... Remember, we, we saw trailers for that movie for mm-hmm. yeah. six, six or seven months straight. Like sure. Every movie we saw had a trailer for Gemini Man. Yep. And I think it was even on the Regal first look for a while, too. So even after it stopped being, like, a trailer on the trailer package, it was still there. Yeah. Is that Ang Lee? Is that right? It is. Jesus, Ang Lee. What are you doing? Well, I guess in your opinion, he's just getting what he deserves. Did I have... Did I, have <laughs> I forget my grudges. Did I have something against Ang Lee? I mean, you don't like... Um, I don't think you like many of his movies that I like a lot, so I don't know. Maybe you're right. I mean, he's, um... Shit, what's that movie called? The one with Richard Gere. Uh, let's see. I like Eat, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. 
Okay. Uh, Sense and Sensibilities, fine. Uh, oh, the Ice Storm, right. Right. Right, right, right. right. I wanted you to get to that on your own. Yeah, Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon is shit that I don't care about. Um, I thought that first... Isn't he Days of, Days of Heaven? Isn't that Angley? Uh, no. No. Ride with the Devil, but I don't know. Oh, that's the Ride with the Devil. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. Um, you would hate it. Toby McGuire's in it, so it's possible. Um, oh, is... Jewels in that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do. I vaguely remember that movie now. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she's the thing that made me remember. But yeah. I never saw it though. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hawk was okay for 2000. And th- oh, no, that's the first Hawk, right? Not the. It's the one with the, the cartoon scenes in it, yeah. Right. It's not the one with um, Norton in it. No, it's yeah. Okay, Aaron yeah. That, that, that's, that's fucking terrible. Um, Brokeback's. Good. It's a good movie. It's a little, I think, overrated. You know, I understandably so. Like for the progressiveness of the subject matter, but it's a good movie. Um, I never seen Lust Caution. Life of Pi. Life of Pi feels like it's something that would make me want to um, shoot heroin for the first time, and then Gemini Man. So, um, so yeah. That's an extreme reaction. Uh, it's I, I don't know that movie, but I don't know that it made me want to do hard drugs. So. Um, I've seen just a couple still shots from it, and it's like it looks like something that I just yeah, it's very overproduced. It was it's the same complaint I have about that Ratchet TV series, in that like it's just too much, like the production is just too in your face. Like quirky, I guess. I don't know. But then Life of Pi is based on a novel, and I think it's trying to emulate the feel of the novel. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Ratchet's an interesting show. I can't recommend it to anybody, but it's interesting. Um, yeah, I watched one episode, No Desire. I'm done. Yeah. There's interesting things to talk about in that, but um, at the same time, like uh, narratively, in the like last like three episodes, I'm I'm not quite sure what they're doing completely, like from a plot standpoint, and it could be very uninteresting very soon. But um, yeah, I mean, if you like his stuff, like like the good seasons of American Horror Story, you might like it. Um, but um, but yeah, it's 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 an acquired taste. I can't really recommend it, and it's only partially my acquired taste. Yeah, the next thing that I'm gonna um, that I'm gonna watch television wise is gonna be the the Haunting of Blind Manor. Yeah, <clears throat> I got tons of um, tons of horror movies to watch between then and now. So you said you never finished the first season of The Boys. Yeah. I have like one episode left to watch. Two episodes. Gotcha. Left to watch. I'm waiting uh, for Frankie and I to have a good like string of time where we can just watch it because I want to watch it with yeah. him. The second season's really good. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed so it. Far. Yeah. I did too. I, I binged it and maybe I shouldn't have binged it as quickly as I did. Um, because it was one of those things when the second season was on, it's like, oh, okay, this is on. But then as soon as the second season started and got past the first episode, I was I really enjoyed it again. Yeah, um, when it, the first season came out, I was off and Frankie was gone. 
So I just watched like the first what what is the first season? Ten episodes? Uh something like that, or eight or eight or ten or something, yeah. So whatever it is, I watched the first like three quarters of that season in the span of a day. Yeah. Probably before we went to the bar, and I really liked it. And then I think like he was back the next day, and it was one of those things where I said, Okay, well, when he goes away next weekend, yeah, I think that was it. He might have just been at his mom's house like for a couple of days. I was like, Okay, I'll watch it when he comes be when he's gone again and right. I just never back to it and now i feel like he would actually enjoy it so yeah that's it's it's good they're doing some different stuff with it and um so it's it's not an exact repeat so far but yeah i'm also of course you i would just wait and to watch it because i mean it's uh, it's not releasing three episodes a week like i initially thought the first week they released three and then they're releasing it one at a time so it'll be wrapped up in probably uh you know like november or something like that which is so i feel the same way about lovecraft country because i watched the first couple episodes of that and really liked it so now i'm just gonna wait yeah i've been just waiting on that yeah um it's really good same here um yeah i can't think of anything um that i really care to like check out like that i haven't watched yet like there's part of me at some point I'll probably watch that Perry Mason show. Um, but I don't know. I just have a really hard time watching television during COVID. I don't know why. Um, Are you going to watch the new um, take on Sherlock Holmes? I think that's the, only, it's only a movie, but I, I, I yeah. do. Yeah. But I thought, yes, I am going to watch it. I, I, I find from the few little clips I've seen and what I've read about it, I, I find it intriguing enough to, to check it out. Yeah. I think I like, that comes out tomorrow. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, there's not much time left in this month, so it's got to be in the next few days because it's a September release for Netflix. True. I like um, I like Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, well enough from um, Stranger Things. Yeah. So yeah. I'll yeah, probably I'll be, watch for that. And I kind of am almost just intrigued to see like what she can do outside of that kind of, you know, um, you know, right, oddball kind of like you know quiet character and stuff. So, um. But yeah, no, I um, yeah, I, I think I will check it out probably. Um, yeah, sitting here, I have no idea what I'm going to watch tonight. I'm going to watch my eyelids <laughs> in short order so I can get up and go to work in the morning. Right. Yeah. Short week though, it's exciting. Yeah, that's nice for you. So what's your? To... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you so going... I got to go to um, North Carolina next week. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's still not firm yet, so I'm hoping I can get out of it, but I think I'm probably going to have to go. It'll be the first ever uh, long distance then um, quick cage, quick possibly. Cage. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good thing I got such a reservoir of films right. that I can uh, pull from. Right. Jesus, you might have to talk about, uh, I don't know, one of the like Rage or Rage. Yeah. Settle or something. Dude, if you're going to do Rage, tell me I'll watch it. I don't know that I would recommend that. <laughs> Although, honestly, like, it's one of the more competent ones in that genre. The I'm going to I'm going to kill all these people. Familial revenge, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you killed ex-relative or you kidnapped ex-relative and I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. Because yeah. it, has, it has a moderately interesting, like, twist to it. Yeah. And it's definitely played straight. Like, it's not... What did you, what did you call it? Familial revenge? 
familial revenge. Just yeah. so you know, the um, the day that the, whatever year we get to um, where we're doing the top five familial revenge movies is the day that we're ending the podcast. Well, it's probably Taken and Ransom. I mean, there's two right off the bat. Uh huh. Um, and I do not like Ransom, so can't um, snap. We actually may have to do that because I can't think of any other way I'm ever going to get to talk about the Candy Snatchers, and I love that movie. Maybe a 70s grindhouse, like Hidden Gems. Well, what, what, one day we'll do the top five movies that Frank wants to talk about that don't fit any lists, and maybe you can do it there. And that just means we're like a year away from ending the podcast. I told you, you know, you, you, you watched one of my 70s grindhouse Hidden Gems. And you enjoyed it? What's that? The witch that came in from the sea? Yes. Yeah, it was good. I so that it. would be on that list. Okay. Uncanny Snatchers. So there's two. Okay. I just got to have three more, and it's an actual list. We don't have to do Familial Revenge. Okay. All right. Of which it's Ransom and Taken right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So what's your final scores on this movie? Uh, Cage Performance is a solid 8 out of 10. Um, it's 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 good cage performance, and the movie's an eight out of ten as well. You know, it's a it's a three and a half star movie, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's fun, it's engaging. There's some plot elements that don't make any sense, but there's like so many things in this movie that are a hundred percent like influence influential on movies that came in the next twenty years, <clears throat> like after movies, like especially even like setups of scenes and the way scenes play out and certain characters, like people like plumb the depths of this movie and have been for like a couple decades now and like have been remaking parts of it. So right. it really is a throwback to like the sixties, you know, action films like Lee Marvin and stuff like Magnificent seven and dirty dozen and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's, it's very much like in that vein in terms of its feels with the overproduced nature of um, Michael Bay before he got completely over the top. So, have you ever seen Trapped in Paradise? Trapped in Paradise. That is the movie. Right. Cage, Dana Carvey, and... Uh, oh, right. So, I've never John seen John Lovitz. It. Yeah. And I keep waiting for it to be free somewhere. Right. That's the one where there are three jewel robbers or bank robbers, and they get stuck in a small town at Christmas. Is that right? Something along those lines. Yeah, like, they're, they're three assholes that, like, you know, are trying to do some kind of bullshit, and... um. Yeah, I think they're bank robbers, and they hole up with um some family during the holidays and hijinks ensue. Yeah, I I saw this movie in the theater in 1994. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't remember it like at all. Even though I remember things from The Rock still all this time later, I I do not yeah. remember things from Trapped in Paradise. It definitely needs to be free somewhere before um. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay, so that that's good. So we got the uh, we have. Two out of the three of the trifecta of Cage action movies from 96-97 um, down in Conair and the Rock. Um, yeah, you just we'll got, got face-off left. Yeah. Good old Caster Troy. <laughs> Good old Caster Troy. I don't know who was that. City of Angels there. left? Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's tough to talk about. Because oh. I really like... Um, Fuck, what is that Vin Vendors movie called? Uh, uh, the movie that City of Angels rips off. Wings of Desire. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I love that movie and City of Angels. Number one, so funny story about City of Angels. City of Angels was free for a long time. When you bought certain movies, like City of Angels would just be included for free. <laughs> right. Like they would have three packs of movies and it would be two movies that you really wanted to watch and then City of Angels. Yeah. So I think over the course of my life, I've owned like three copies of City of Angels in like the paper, the car, the cardboard clamshell like DVD case. Right. And that movie, I mean, it's atrocious. Just yeah. when, when we talk about City of Angels, we're going to talk about City of Angels for like three minutes and then we're going to talk about Wings of Desire. So I won't want to like paint myself too much. I mean, when we when we talk about city of angels, like, um, you know, we probably should just be talking about, uh, wasn't there a famous song that came out of that or my, the Goo Goo Dolls song, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Iris. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That fucking song. God, I swear that song like haunted me for like years. Like I couldn't escape it. Is that the, I won't tell no one your name song. Is that Iris? <sighs> I don't know. I'd have to hear it. And um, I won't tell no one your name. I won't tell him your name. Yeah, 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 that's, a, that's right. Yeah. Fuck some Goo Goo Dolls. Baby's Black Balloon. That's the best Goo Goo Dolls song. Just for, just for uh, posterity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's some posterity there. It is. It is. It's a good way to finish the podcast. It is. So. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next Have week on the Quick Age. Yep.